An A to Z of UK TV drama with Andy and Martin. Hello and welcome back to an A to Z of UK TV drama. This is Andy. And I'm Martin. Hello. Hello. How are you this this fine morning? Let's pretend it's a fine morning. <laughs> it's a fine morning. Well, we're, we're staggering through a week. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's fine. Uh, I think uh, in terms of, of where we are in the alphabet, we're up to J, aren't we? We are. Uh, um, although we're about to, about to release, is it F tomorrow? Yeah, as yeah. we as we um, record this, F is due out tomorrow, but that's months ago now. <laughs> I can't remember it. One of the strange things I find is that once I've watched something and, I've, and we've done this, it's almost like my, the mind bleach comes in, uh, yeah. and and it's really difficult. I can remember moments, but it's like the entire thing. Well, what worried me about uh, when we because we did Claudius last, you know, yeah. there is so much of Claudius. Yeah. That actually, I, I began to worry when we were talking about it that I'd, I'd forgotten most of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and then we did the recording, and it's like I never watched it. It's really quite bizarre. So we have picked a, 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 sto- a topic, a topic, a topic for today. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, you'll be seamless in post. <laughs> <laughs> Just as well. At least you're not act- asking me to act this time. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I look forward to listening to that. <laughs> I'm not, I tell you. But, uh, and, we, and so we've decided to go back to more or less what we did with Doomwatch, which is which the series we picked now, which is more of a popular drama than a than a serious yeah. drama, I suppose. Absolutely. Uh, select certain episodes from it and uh, approach it that way. Yeah, so today we are going to be exploring the world of Jonathan Creek. Jonathan Creek. The outer doorway is still clearly in vision. But if you're crouching down at the bottom of the third one, after Yates, the doorway's just masked. Enough for Serena to slip out of the room and then down the fire escape. Coming back, she just nips in again while Joy's in reception. Goes back to her desk. She'll swear she's been there all morning. Right. Very good. You see, it's like the tissue. People beg me to explain something, it's the last thing they want to hear. 
because you're disproving a miracle. Houdini walked through a wall two bricklayers had built on stage. People swore he had the power to dematerialise. You find out he used the trapdoor under a carpet, it's too mundane, you feel cheated. But that's all magic is, it's an illusion, it doesn't make an illusion magic. No. Right. You know, it's 23 years old, the first episode of Jonathan Creek. I know. It, it, almo it almost shocked me to realise that. Yeah, but it might have shocked you, but it also showed, I felt. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, certain aspects of it haven't, haven't aged well, have they? That, that's, no. that's very true. I mean, uh, I think uh, you actually did pretty much what we did, which was we sort of, as we decided on the episodes we were going to watch, but then we did a bit of a taster session. <laughs> So we watched the first two stories and, yeah. uh, and worked we our way exactly through the them same. just to get a feel of it. And actually, the, the problem we had at our end was that we we sort of went, hmm, it's a bit slow, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and not much is happening, really. And and, no. and that's a shame because, I mean, you know, David Renwick, fabulous, you know, fabulous writer in terms of uh, One Foot in the Grave. Yeah. Uh, and indeed, a lot of the elements of One Foot in the Grave, the sort of surrealism of it, do sort of sneak mm -hmm. into Jonathan Creek, uh, and and there's and there's a lot of structure there. So, yeah. so, in the sense that the same kind of beats are hit, you know, as as are hit in his other work, and 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 overall, Jonathan Creek is is a very fondly remembered and very much liked series. And yet, yeah. when you actually sort of sit down and watch it, you sort of find yourself. Yeah, I, I, con I, I concur. Shall I start with a synopsis, though, mm. so we can just, for the people Please who do. haven't seen it or who haven't seen it for a while. So, Jonathan Creek was the name of the behind-the-scenes assistant to odious stage magician Adam Klaus. Um, Creek's responsible for inventing many of the illusions and tricks that his better-known colleague takes the credit for. He spends much of his time in his windmill home, constructing new props and gadgets for Klaus's stage show. His ability to think laterally around seemingly impossible problems attracts the attention of journalist Maddie McGellan, who soon taps into Jonathan's unique brain to assist her in her investigations. Um, over the course of time, Maddie and Jonathan grow closer and closer, but later he has new sidekicks, including Carla Borrego and Joey Ross, played by Julia Sawala and Sheridan Smith. And of course, Alan Davies is Jonathan and Caroline Quentin, Caroline Quentin is Maddie. Mm -hmm. Also, later on, uh, uh, Sheridan Smith is replaced once again by Sarah Oh, gosh, Alexander. yes. Um, in, in, in a weird, weird final few episodes, yeah. which we should also mention. Well, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's an odd series. Like I say, I mean, it was, it was irregular anyway when it first started. There were sort of like four series over about eight years. Yes. Um, and and uh, Carolyn Quentin left and was kind of replaced by... Um, Julia Swala. Yeah. And then that sort of st stopped after that bunch. Yeah. And then it was a sort of five year gap. And then the Sheridan Smith uh, three happened over, yes. again, over about three years, wasn't it? They did yeah, one yeah, year yeah, yeah. as specials, yeah. for what a better yeah. word. And then it was rebooted again. So it's funnily enough that the, the ones we selected, there was one from Slap Bang in the Middle of the Maddie McGellan years, which is yeah. called Mother Red Mother Red. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, we then did the first proper reboot, which was a Christmas special called Satan's Chimney. Yeah. And then we did the second reboot, which was The Grinning Man with Sheridan Smith, which was kind of a remake of Satan's Chimney. I thought watching it, but but mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it was it was kind of weird, and and obviously we we didn't get as far as the uh, Sarah Alexander, uh, the last few in terms of the ones we picked. 
yeah. which which may be terribly unfair of us, but I think it gives a broad spectrum of the whole series. Those those I think so. sort of three we picked. And the fact that we watched the pilot, the Restless Tomb, and the second episode, Jack in the Box, we mm. both watched those just independently without saying to each other that we should. <laughs> so yeah, so we've got five episodes on which to um, to make our judgment. Yeah. There's a there's a lot. Well, there's a lot of memorable stuff. I mean, that's the interesting thing. There's the one with the, you know you get that the one with yes about it. I mean, the one the, the one I was trying to find and didn't find was the one where the outside windows of the house lead into different rooms you know and and so someone goes into a room and they're not in the right room i can't find that one i can't remember which one that was uh-huh. but okay. the um but the because it's just one of those images that you remember from watching the show and the interesting thing to me about the first one the pilot which is very very long oh gosh there yes. are there it's, i mean it's actually split into two episodes on uh iplayer now um but it was actually it. a feature length one i believe yeah, it was, and, more, uh, yeah. and features the the uh, the mighty Colin Baker as the very first victim, which is kind of with a very 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 bad ponytail. <laughs> yeah, sporting a ponytail, it's not a good look. Playing playing an artist who is is um, murdered in <laughs> by person or persons unknown uh, yes. in the most unusual way, which we're not going to spoil for you. But um, no. but that that is kind of there are there are s- styles of episodes. Of Jonathan Creek, one is the because they are they are fundamentally the locked room mystery made for yeah. television, yeah. and so so whatever the solution is is always a bit off the wall and unexpected, uh, and you get this this kind of thing. So the first one has this unexpected, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Committer of the crime. <laughs> <laughs> Villain, damn it! <laughs> Committer of the crime. I'm trying to think Gosh, how you actually put <laughs> that it. difficult word. Yes, no, I know it just, it just, it just yeah, had brain fart. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but um, and then, but then the second one I remembered quite clearly from having seen the first time, and the yeah. second one is called uh, Jack in the Box. Jack in the Jack. Box. And I remember that very much because the solution to it is really quite brutal and ghastly when yeah. you think about it. Yes, and again, not wanting to, you know, but I, I remember, I remembered that vividly from from first transmission. I don't think we need to worry about spoilers for something that's twenty three <laughs> well, years old. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. It's fine. I just, you know, it, it is interesting that that is actually uh, twenty three years old this week. So, hooray! Happy birthday, yes. Jack in the Box. Yeah. <laughs> I had weird overtones with that one just because two of the lead actors in that were both in Keeper of Trakan. <laughs> so you had Jeffrey Beavers and you also had Luvik, Robin Sones, who oh, played right. the victim. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's also quite the... interesting because it's got uh, Maureen O'Brien. And, uh, of course, Mozza. And, uh, and a Bernard Kay, isn't it? Bernard Kay as well. Yes, Bernard Kay. Who, yeah. are, who are both sort of who alumni. Who's <laughs> done this? We no doubt I'm afraid this was self-inflicted. No, he can't have. Look, perhaps it's best if you just... For God's sake, Jack didn't shoot himself. He couldn't have. He had crippling arthritis in both hands. Someone set this up. Mrs. Holliday, we're 30 feet underground. You saw yourself how those doors were bolted on the inside. It's a simple physical fact. Nobody could possibly have killed your husband and then left this room. And in fact, I don't know whether it's an accident, but virtually everyone we watched had a Doctor Who alumni in it. Yeah, um, it's, kind, it's Satan, kind of... Satan's Chimney has Mary Tam as the main guest star. Yes. Um, 
Mother Redcap, did that have anyone? It must have done. Um, well, um, in the sense of it had Nicola Walker, who's quite big on the big finishy. Oh, of side. course, yeah. Um, and then you've got Grinning Man, which has Sheridan Smith, who's mm-hmm. very big on the big finish side. Of things, yes, yeah. I don't know. I think there's a lot of cross. It's interesting, actually, because I think Jonathan Creek, as a series, was very much embraced by the Doctor Who Society Club. Oh, really? Act, I didn't uh, know that. Because it's, it's the clever bloke and the assistant, and, okay. and there are mysteries. And it seemed in fandom to be... That was one of the reasons why uh, Alan Davis kept coming up as a potential... Doctor oh, at that point. Oh, this passed me because by. Because we have no imagination <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> I can't stand it when Doctor Who fans say obvious people to be the Doctor. It really upsets me anyway. Yeah. But but this is the thing. There, there, was, there was very much... Uh, he, he, you know, Because of that, it had that feel. It almost felt in some ways to certain quarters of fandom like a replacement series, ah, you know, because it at had... At a time when we needed it, yeah. Yeah, in, in the 90s, you know. So, so it, it's kind of... That's kind of interesting... But and I think I think that's also true as well. I mean, we watched all of these with John because mm. um, he finally got courage to watch them in the end. He was a bit scared by the Jack in the Box one, by the right. demand of that, and had a few nightmares. But yes. we eventually persuaded him to watch them during the day with us, and he did. Mm. But what he said, funnily enough, about Sheridan Smith was his phrase was, "Oh, she's the best companion." Mm. <laughs> ah, there you go. So, so it's really funny that using the companion term. Yeah. What do we make of these four letters up the top here? S T G E. Stage or something where the A's been rubbed away. Come on, you're looking but not seeing. It's what happens when your brain gets lazy. Look, you put S T G E together with 23. I would say it's far more likely to be St George's Day, which means this was not written on June the 23rd, but April the 23rd. Two months before Midsummer's Day, Futrell was describing the exact events that happened. But how could he do that? Unless the whole thing was pre-planned. We're still trying to figure it out. Suggests to me that the two of them were in on it together, for whatever reason, and somehow or other, he's helped Menkin get out of that room. There are kind of... It must be very hard to write uh, these kind of mysteries, I think. Clearly. It, it must, no, <laughs> in, in the sense that you've got to come up with something Sorry. that surprises people. You've got to come up with something yeah. that, that people aren't going to sit at home and go, oh, it's obvious. Mm. But, but especially, especially hard because, as Jonathan himself says, the solutions are usually mundane. Yes, and that's something you can't get away from in magic. Mm. And this is like it's behind the scenes of magic and just how basic these things are. But they're, they're clever. But some of it does come over as mundane when you know the trick. Yes. Well, this is the thing. Once you've watched it, I mean, if you remember how it was done, the actual episode rewatching it can be a bit. Huh? <laughs> Yes, which is kind of weird. And the other interesting thing about that is the well, let's call them companions for want of a better word. <laughs> yeah. The is there to actually say what the person on the couch is probably saying. Yeah, their yeah. function in the plot is to go. Oh well, it's obvious. It's this, 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 and this. So that that you, the writer can actually say you may think it's this, but it's actually this. And mm. they do play with that. I mean, in in the pilot, you get this this actual fake scene with the couches where she crawls behind the couches to escape the room. Do you remember that? Oh yes, that's very good. That scene wasn't yeah. it? But it's actually it's actually complete tosh Art- artifice. And he yeah. says, well, of course that didn't happen yes. because 
Yeah. <laughs> the unreliable <laughs> narrator, you see. That's, that's yes. That's thing. oh, it's a good trope. Well done. But um, but what what you get there, of course, uh, the other interesting thing about the first one is that it 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 follows another of the crime drama uh, cliches in the sense that the most unlikely person did it. Right. Or at yeah. least it seems that way. That all the people you're pointing at who are probable perpetrators. That was the word I was failing to find earlier. Perpetrators. Oh, perpetrator. That's very good. You know, but the, the, the all the people who it should be, it isn't. Yeah. And in the end, it turns out to be, oh, somebody else. Which is fine. Yes. Now, they'll do it's, fun, it's fine. <laughs> which, well, in the, well, the interesting aspect of that is that... that uh, I, mean, I, I hate to say, well, the person who did it, but the point is that the, the whole reason for Adam being there, apart from an excuse for Jonathan's career, yeah. is because uh, in the first, in the pilot, he's played by Anthony Head. Anthony Head, yeah, and then has a has a mysterious regeneration that we never see and becomes Stuart Milligan. <laughs> you know, yeah. which is presumably why he doesn't feature much in the rest of the first series. But, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so so you get Anthony Head as this kind of dazzlingly glamorous uh but a little bit shallow magician type well <laughs> git wizard let's be honest if do you do you ever do you ever listen to the now show on radio 4 i don't know uh, who who's that chap who the, the magician who keeps who did the stunts of you did david blaine yes yeah they they kept referring to him as an evil git wizard <laughs> Brilliant. And I, I just love the expression "git wizard" because basically all magicians are git wizards. It's it's fundamentally true. I mean, it doesn't do it doesn't say much about the behind the scenes life of of magicians when it turns out that in two of the three things we watched, they're both murderers. Well, I know, and <laughs> and it it is problematic in the sense of well, I'll tell you. Let me explain. I never really watched Jonathan Creek very religiously. I certainly didn't watch right. it when it was a series. I think I watched the specials. And the main reason was I could never cope with the Adam Klaus bits. Right. I always thought they weren't funny. I always thought it just showed magic to be tacky. Yes. I, I just didn't like the tackiness of that and the yes. crappy humour. Even before I was more... I guess aware. politically aware. Yeah. I didn't like it even then. I always thought, well, this is the bit that please just get rid of this bit mm. and can we just have the mystery because that's the interesting bit. So, is that right then? You're going to give us lots of money. Snuff was saying to put into the business. Well, watch this space, you know, because I'm always in the market for a buoyant portfolio, and uh, as portfolios go, this one's definitely bobbing around in the water. Oh, listen. Now, I saw your show last night. That was so awesome. When that elephant disappeared, how did you do that? Oh. Yeah, and when you made your pulse completely stop. Like, you can't actually really do that. Better believe it. And every time we went back to Adam Klaus, particularly in The Grinning Man... It's oh, for God's sake, yes. The 3D porn scene and the yeah. Candy Mountains crap with the inflatable boobs and... Oh, and in Satan's Chimney, when he, he removed um, Carla Borrego's bra, mm. like, while she was wearing a blouse, it's like, mm. no, please. This is just, it's it, horrible. It, it, <laughs> it was so it was, tacky. It, the, um, that one was made ten years ago, and, you know, you like to think we've moved on, <laughs> to put, yeah. it, put it bluntly. Uh, the, the problem is, I actually got the impression, uh, is that sometimes, because he was a regular or semi-regular, they were quite yeah. desperate to give him something to do. 
And so what they had to do was come up with a storyline that was kind of connected or would give some kind of clue that gave Adam something to do. And actually, in the certainly in the feature length two hour versions, yeah, there's is a lot of uh, well, there's a lot of airtime to fill. But it shows, doesn't it? And oh my god, it shows. Basically, the the threads for Adam seem a bit tacked on. They would be the if you were only doing them as one hour series, they would that would have been the first thing to go completely, you know. And yeah. and unfortunately, it's it's got that it's got that blokey matey. Oh, isn't it funny? Sex is funny. Uh, you know, porn is funny. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Thing going on, which actually now feels more difficult to watch i know we're leaping ahead here and leaping all over the place again but, no it's fine but um but that actually it feels distasteful now it feels slightly well not not even slightly it feels you know unpleasant i think yeah. now people yeah, will probably say that you're, you're being overly sensitive and you know and you can't really even say it's of its time because it's not that long ago it's no. just but it has that blokey banter matey nonsense how, thing that yeah, really but, really but however yeah but however you feel however you feel about that stuff anyway mm. it, it arguably takes away from the rest of the plot because it's just a distraction and it doesn't really give you anything more you could argue it that's just, smoke and mirrors though isn't it i mean that's you know it, it yeah. it's it i mean it, you, you're thinking about this so you're not thinking about that and if and, and i mean there, that's that's magic tricks generally but i'd mm. still feel that there are it it hasn't dated well on that score. Yeah. So I um, wrote notes, very few notes, I'm going to be honest, mm. on, on my iPhone. And then I send them to my iPad so I can use my iPad to look at during recording. Right. And what happens with notes on an iPhone is the first word of your notes it becomes the title of the file. Ah, <laughs> and the title of the, this file for Jonathan Creek is Hammy. Because it's the first <laughs> word... <laughs> It's the first word I wrote <laughs> about the first two episodes. Just about this, this, much so... loved, this much loved television series that we're supposed to be appreciating. I just felt it was so hammy. Mm. And all the carica- characters, I nearly said it then, were caricatures. Mm. There's just too many caricatures for you to think, oh, I'm invested in this, because mm. you're just not. Well, the... I mean, some Occasionally they break through into something a bit more interesting, but very rarely, mm. I would say. It's all so comic book but uh, the, i mean you could argue that the entertainment drama or the comedy drama is fulfilling a different um yes need and has to deal in much broader characters and much broader strokes the problem is when you actually make that series into a series you feel these people have to have real lives and that kind of can be a bit difficult if they're ciphers if they're caricatures um the the fascinating thing to me i think is that they are um, you know, because again, they became popular characters, you know, and obviously yeah. they, they they hit over the course of the episodes they were in, they do hit various beats and relationships change. The the fascinating thing to me is that all the the, the women are effectively the same character, uh, just in a slightly different tweak on it. They all start off being very antagonistic and thinking they're smarter than. Yes, uh, Jonathan, and all of them, because again, we 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 sort of we we watched the opening ones, we watched um, yeah two relaunches, yeah. and that relationship is always set up in the first twenty minutes or so that they actually yeah. can't stand each other, 
and yeah. and it's kind of it's the same character really because they're fulfilling the same role in the plot i mean obviously exactly. maddie mcgillan had journalism tropes yes. going on you know <laughs> yes. after a fashion um yeah. you know and to to a certain extent the other two did as well but it's it's very much they are there to be antagonistic and to be proved wrong mm-hmm. yeah and i think particularly badly served um Julia Sawala's character is awful in Satan's Chimney. Carla Borrego is just, honestly, I'm like, oof, such a rehashed two-dimensional character. For some reason, I can't imagine why, he thought it would be a good idea to pick your brains. Like I've got nothing better to do than come here tonight to this peculiar place. I don't suppose you possess such a thing as a... Of course, the police are running around like headless chickens, trying to make sense of it all. I still can't believe it's happened. Vivian Brody, shot through the heart in an empty room right under everyone's nose. There are kind of strange behind-the-scenesy things with her, yeah. uh, with her their, their, their real lives, which explain why she didn't come back at some point. And... Um, it it is kind of odd that because it's actually it's it's not of it's it, you know how in certain TV shows you get a kind of flirty flirty thing going on yes uh, and again maybe it's playing against that but things like moonlighting which would kind of sort yeah. of play on on the fact that you had two likable leads <laughs> yes will they won't they all that yeah, stuff and all yeah. that kind of but actually Jonathan Creek it, it doesn't really play on the likability of the <laughs> It more plays on the dislikability of them in many ways. Yes, you know. it, it, it's, it's true. And I just, I never bought, in the three episodes I watched with Maddie and Jonathan, mm. I never bought their relationship. I didn't believe in it at all, I have to say. And I don't know, maybe if I watched all three series with them in, or four, whatever it is, three, well, I would I believe it. Yeah, it but builds, I, I didn't but, yeah. I I didn't believe in it at all. Right. I was like, oh, right. But I don't, well, don't know whether that's, to do with the chemistry between Jonathan and Maddie, or whether it's a British thing about not making it too romantic, hmm. or but I just I didn't I thought they would like up him more as a romantic lead, or hmm. there's very little, even though there's all this sort of like schoolboy sort of sniggering about sex with Adam Klaus and all that sort of really hmm. childish view of sex. There's no sort of adult conception of sex within this series, I don't think, and I don't, and I think that it's not even. They don't really go there ever in a sort of more mature way. It's so mm. comical the way sex is treated. But it would have—I think—it would have benefited if he'd actually had more of a relationship with these people. Mm. There is, and there is was... a, there is a, a kind of weirdly clingy, I suppose, font of a better word, girlfriend in, in uh, *Grinning Man*. Yeah, uh, and it's weird because I've watched The Grinning Man the most of all of them. I think I've probably watched mm. it about five times because it's my favourite mm. episode and I've seen it a lot. Mm. But I, com- I I never remember that Catherine Parkinson's in it. I mm. never remember. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's suddenly in it. It's weird. Yeah. And 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 again, that 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 is, I think, uh, that again, by this stage, the, the series is well enough known that it becomes a joke that, that basically none of his relationships work out. But yeah, but it's kind of it is played. It, I mean, it's comedy drama, you know. It's 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 it, it's played for that, but actually, yeah. and and you know that he had relationships. There was a was a one night stand with Maddie that is referred to in one of these, you right? Know, but and and 
I think actually, no, I think it's referred to in the explanation why she's not there in ah, the in Satan's okay. chimney. There's a oh, kind okay. of there's a kind of bit with the photograph on the book, and then oh, yeah. and then they have a conversation about when he sort of says we did we did it once in a you know. A, oh, I thought a, that had happened in the series, had it mm. not? Uh, I think it, I, to be honest, I think it probably did. It's just that it's it's kind of her her um, the Julius Sohala character is basically not asking him that, but that's what he assumes that she wants to know. Ah, if you see what okay. I mean? And again, yeah. that, that's uh, an interesting thing. But there are so, like I say, we've in the first story, you have um, this this idea of the unusual. The second story, there's there, there is a, there is a, there is another theme that runs through, which is playing with time. Yeah, time feature. You know the clocks and what have you are are methods of of should we say putting you on wrong footing you if you like. Yep. And the third one is massive contraptions, yes. murder contraptions. massive massive contraptions. And the and this is what struck me is if you look at Satan if you watch Satan's Chimney after Grinning oh, Man right. because I watch yeah. them back to back they are yeah. effectively exactly the same uh, two hour plots. Yeah, you know more. And the interesting thing about both of them, I thought, is that actually, when you think about it, there's an A plot and a B plot. Yeah. Um There's there's a, there's one murder mystery going on, but there's also another murder mystery going on. One of which involves an old and ancient device of some kind, and one yeah. of which is a modern murder mystery. Yeah. And, and which which of those two do you prefer? Can I just? Ask? I think uh, I, I like the contraptions. But yeah. in many ways, they are overly, um, over overly played in terms of, of the. If if you think of in terms of the, um, uh, trying to create a kind of horror movie vibe, if you like, yeah. uh, the fascinating thing to me about Satan's Chimney specifically is you get the little pre-credits thing. Which is yeah. in ancient times and ah yes. screamy screamy and everything like that, <laughs> and yeah. then and and then it's not mentioned again for fifty minutes. Oh, a long time. It's mm. so long, and you're thinking, was that something else? Mm. It's what? What? Yeah. Yeah. So so that basically becomes the episode two plot. Yeah. Uh, d- linked, you know, to something you've almost forgotten really happened, and you're trying to, or you're sat there at home thinking, well, why, what what was that all about? I don't. Yeah. I don't mean that because then you get with Satan's Jimmy, you get the whole Mary Tam film set, you know, mysterious murder mystery, and none of that has got anything to do with this chimney thing you saw at the beginning. Yeah, and then they basically to to uh, well, let's face it, got, got to be honest, to, they've bumped off Mary Tam. She is the victim in this, and they're taking her to Scotland to bury her, and then this. How dare they? How dare they bump off Mary Tam? And. <laughs> She's actually, she's very good in it, actually. Um, She is, yeah. A few weeks at Doondorf Castle. Only you would give up a mansion in Malibu to buy some godforsaken pile in the middle of Scotland, full of dungeons and bones. You once said it was the sweetest land on God's earth, where the soul of a Scot might one day find eternal rest. To bury Mary Tam in Scotland, on, on somebody's property that kicks off the second part of the plot because all of the all of the characters are then shifted up to scotland or or, or essex if i don't know <laughs> <laughs> probably essex probably where no, they probably had a better budget i think they actually went to scotland oh, okay. 
But, um, you know, for the location. But, um, <clears throat> or Wales. It's possibly Snowden. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then this second, uh, the Satan's Chimney thing kicks off. And then actually finishes 20. It's only about half an hour of the two hours. Is this is the Satan's Chimney? Well, this is this is it. just so weird. I, I had this note that both Satan's Chimney and the Grinning Man that you think they're finished, and then they've hmm. got another twenty minutes each time or yeah. more, and you think, honestly, the the way these plots are arranged is so poor. I just think the plotting was really bad. I mean, the actual the plots themselves are good, but the pacing and how they're hmm. arranged within the episode, hmm. and those two hour specials were just far too long. But that's the nature of the New Year's Day or Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve special, isn't it? It's always a bit, you know, it's supposed to be event television, yeah. but it's always a little bit bloated and a little bit flabby. And yeah. because it because these Jonathan Creeks now were one a year, they're making it as a feature film, not yes. as a not as a series. Yeah. And there's a you know, and in in many ways, you you've come up with two uh, disparate plots that you're trying to interweave, and it becomes this for the better word event television but actually it's sort of a mess isn't <laughs> well uh, that's a bit, bit harsh on david renwick i mean it's 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 um it's just it's oddly paced yes the thing it is that gets me about grinning man specifically is the violence is up Oh yeah. I mean, there's, there's quite a horrible uh, throat cutting scene, which is yeah. played very graphically and is very real, and also the discovery of the body. But again, that becomes a joke because it's it then replaced by a dummy and all yeah. whatever. And indeed, even 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 the um, the there is a suicide in a car, and that's played quite unpleasantly, you know. Yeah. Um, and okay, I mean, that's the thing. <clears throat> you understand again? You're playing these these horror movie uh, beats, you know. But it's it is kind of fascinating. I tell you, the thing that most annoyed me about uh, Grinning Man, and that's <clears throat> possibly an aside, and maybe we need to discuss it in more depth, or we might not come back to it at all. But the thing that gets me about it is Sheridan Smith goes to this uh, mysterious house in the the car breaks down thunderstorm is summoned to the mysterious house with her bezzy mate, right, who vanishes. And she seems not to give stuff. <laughs> There's very little actual response, even when, even when you know the body has been found. I'm kind of thinking, where are the police? Why have they called the police? You know, they found they found this tank full of bodies, <laughs> and and it just bothered me all the way through that her reaction was, oh well, uh, jolly adventures. Well, there was, and, the, you know, there was that, but also there was the um, the reaction of the groundsman to the fact that the woman who he'd married in secret was dead. Mm. And he was just kind of, oh, I better suppose I better wheel these these things around the garden a bit more. <laughs> what? His reaction yeah. was really bizarre. I'm like, yeah. your you've just heard that your wife's dead, and you're still working yeah. as a groundsman in this in this house. Yeah. What? Yeah. Because it serves the plot. Yes. You know, it yeah. serves the plot. Uh, but and this is this is the problem you have if you start to I suppose if you start to expect people to have real emotions and real yes, lives because i think when, most of the time they it doesn't want it, yeah jonathan creek doesn't want that actually it's not trying to have mm. real emotions and lives no. i think so mm. that's the tension you have when you do a deliberately comic drama <clears throat> what is interesting is that um it was actually always made by light entertainment rather than drama series so mm. that was a very deliberate stable it was coming out of 
Um, mm. And in fact, that was something that David Rennick, Renwick, I'm sure it must be Rennick because that's British yeah. to say Anik rather than Alan Wick. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. David Renwick, <clears throat> David Rennick. <laughs> now I'm saying it, it just sounds weird. But <laughs> that was his choice, I think, to go like entertainment yes. route. And I think it, it's, it, it, I think that's a problem for the series sometimes. Guys, and it's so hard always, isn't it, to know how you feel about them. This one, unfortunately, ticks all the boxes. Literally, actually, because um, last month, Marie Claire, he scored a big fat 89%, didn't he? Cancel all other wedding plans. You have found the love of your life. So, <laughs> phew, was that a relief? It's. I think isn't it because he he worked with a lot of them before with yeah. on uh, on one foot, and so he felt more comfortable. Yes, with, exactly with, with that. that. But it is it is interesting uh, because <clears throat> if you think about um, uh, magic and things, they're a light entertainment product. <clears throat> and so you actually start to believe that all the plots in all of them are really someone is just going to suddenly burst through a door and go ta-da in a, in a spangly swimsuit and everything's going to be fine. Yeah. It fascinates me how many of these plots are based around the film industry, television industry. They're filming. There's, there's one uh, where there are, I think there are three different kinds of entertainment. I think that might be the, uh, the Satan's Chimney one, but they've got They've got a TV show about the filming. You've got another TV show <laughs> that's being made, and you've also got the film being made. So you've got three lots of scenes with people who are behind the scenes, like that kind of thing that people are interested in. Yeah, you see what I mean. So it's all about the entertainment industry, which yeah. again is fine. I mean, he works in theatre. Yeah, you know, it's 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 perfectly acceptable that those are the 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 circles you would you would move in. But it, it does sometimes feel a little bit like, oh, right. So basically, you will only be investigated if you die horribly on a film set. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this man is the most immature, self-obsessed, insensitive... And thoroughly charming individual I've ever worked with. A real professional and a gentleman. Vivian Brody, thanks for talking to us, and good luck with the film. Pleasure. Well, there we are, hot from the set of Herman Grohl's new movie, Black Snow, being filmed at Inkerman Lodge just outside Andover. And a little bit of professional tact going on there, Sonia. That's right. The word on the block is that Mr. Bronson Peterman may currently be the hottest thing in or out of trousers in Hollywood, but let me tell you, he's not the easiest of actors to work with. Well, that's, it's because it's, it's got to have that sort of high camp value, hasn't it? And I think a film set arguably gives that because of actors, darling. So I think yes. that's the reason, but it's, yeah, it's limiting. Mm. I mean, what I would think, what I think looking back at it is, of all the leads, the only one who I felt was charismatic was, mm. Sher- was Sheridan Smith, because I think she's right. supremely talented. But I felt that all the others, including... And proper Northern. Yeah. Yeah, let's... And not, plays yeah. it proper Northern. But everyone else, I felt, oh, God, really, this is... The material either isn't supporting you enough to act... Or hmm. you're just not charismatic enough. And I think one of my problems is I just think Jonathan Creek was never charismatic enough as a character. I think hmm. Alan Davies is perfectly serviceable, but I don't think he's charismatic or interesting enough. And I think that's perhaps more to do with what he's been given to work with rather than hmm. him. I don't know. And yet, you see, the other the other side of that coin is that Jonathan Creek, over the course of its, what, 20, 
was it? No, 10 years, wasn't it, more or less? And then, then so 20 years, yeah, probably. Yeah. Ha, became the, um, let's face it, the place where all those actors who used to turn up on Doctor Who <laughs> turned up in guest star roles. Yeah. I mean, the guest star list is astounding. Yeah. You know, the people who turned up for one-offs, you know. And um, it, 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 it sort of fulfills that role, really, the light entertainment drama that, that, that comedy actors or comedians can try out on, if you like, you yeah. know, and maybe make a step towards having a more um, dramatic career, you know. Because we should mention, I mean, Bill Bailey was in the Satan's Chimney episode. Yes. And um, other Adrian Edmondson was a regular on series four, and Rick mm. Rick Mail was in it famously in one episode as well, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. So there was that comedy pedigree coming through, indeed. And again, when you look even at the cast list of uh, Mother Redknapp, you know, I mean, right at the top there, <laughs> Mother, Mother Murphy, Mother, Mother Redknapp, is that Louise Redknapp? <laughs> oh, sorry, Mother Redcap. Yeah, I keep doing that. No, I do keep doing that. <laughs> Red cap, damn it. <laughs> John Thor and all that. No, try and remember. Mother Red. I need a mnemonic. <laughs> I thought that was a weird episode, Mother Red Cap. I didn't really get it. I was like thinking, what? I'm not sure I really got this. Cousins to the quick, we face two questions. How was your husband stabbed by an assailant who appeared to spirit himself into the bedroom like Dracula and then out again? And what the hell had an old bag lady, whose fingernail was found on the carpet, got to do with the murder of a High Court judge? According to the description in this report, Mr. Sweetland put up no resistance to the blade or rapier or whatever it was when he was stabbed, suggesting the attack took place when he was asleep. But then how do we explain the apparent struggle? and the way he'd knocked all that stuff off his table. So let's run for a minute with a different hypothesis. I, I was busily writing my notes and I had to actually ask, uh, what happened to Brian Murphy? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's suddenly dead. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a bit odd. Um... Well, you see, I remember, see, I remember Brother... Mother... Brother <laughs> mother Redcap. <laughs> yeah. From from when it was on, and I remember being at the time thinking, "Oh yeah, this is actually quite clever." But again, it's it's another one, interestingly, where you've got a contraption that's sort of related to the main plot. So yes. it, what happens is you get a two-hour story rammed into fifty minutes, and ha- still has two plots going on. Yeah, uh, there's this mystery from a long time ago. Like I say, it's exactly the same <laughs> as as Satan's Chimney. It's exactly the same as um, a Grinning Man in that regard. You know. Yeah. It's 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 got the same two-stranded story going on, yeah. and and again the fascinating thing about that is is who done it, you know, and how they done it, yeah. is 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 again it's a it's another it's I think it's um, cards on the table from uh, Poirot, yeah, you know it's it's the same kind of thinking as as cards on the table, and it, and to be fair it sets up some quite nice mysteries the whole you know the whole thing with the clock is, is very nicely played and and the whole thing of how it happened you know when the only person in the room who could possibly have done it is the one person who didn't do it yeah you know so it, it does play very well on that and then also there's this bizarre thing where it's connected by this this fingernail yeah um which sorry toenail toenail 
Is it toenail? Think no. Yeah, anyway, whatever. Some sort of it's nail. A it's a fingernail. <laughs> a human nail. It's yes. Hillary. Isn't it Hillary Sester's fingernail? The, the fortune teller from Snake Dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I was. I was. Uh, I was convinced she was old mother. Oh no no no. Oh, how weird. I think it's how, Hillary. I don't how weird know, is maybe that? Not. No, no, it's just sad. I, Doctor I thought, Who I, reference. I thought it. I thought it was. I thought it was old mother. From um, no, it from, wasn't Eileen Way. No, no. So no. there we go. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. No, I can. I can see the list now. It's just that in my head. It was. It was. It was her. But, uh, <laughs> but she. Um, but yeah. So basically, this this fingernail manages to get from crime scene A to crime scene B, and somebody somehow makes the connection between the fingernail found here and this body they've got in the. Um, the mortuary uh, again. The the kind of thing about it is is that there's this there is uh, the contraption is is a nice little mystery. You yeah. Know, basically, you've got a serial killer in a pub fifty years ago, and somehow, despite the fact it's derelict, there's still a live electric fever. I'm thinking, well, well obviously someone's been feeding the meter. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. But but uh, you know, and again, the interesting thing about that is because I say I work, I watch these in reverse order because I'm perverse like that. You are. Uh, it was mostly because I was, uh, I, I thought I have well, I've got those on disc, but one of them I didn't have on disc, so I thought I'll watch it on iPlayer and then, just in case it vanishes tomorrow, and then um, and then I sort of oh well, it's on iPlayer, I'll watch it on iPlayer, and I sort of thought so I worked backwards through it, but. Um, and I've, I've completely lost the thrust of what I was about to say. <laughs> but the fascinating—no, the fascinating thing is—in every single instance, when the contraption is uh, it's not worked out—that's the word I'm looking for. It's actually, you know, uh, all three of the women do a perils of Pauline and, and fall into the trap to a lesser or greater oh, extent. Oh yes. So, so you get you get Carolyn Quentin takes her shoes off yes. in the middle of this ratty yes, old. Yes, you're right. Pub. You're right. Uh, just after we've realised that taking your shoes off is probably a very bad idea. Yeah. Uh, uh, Julia Sohala. 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 I really shouldn't have drunk last night. No. Uh, so uh, climbs into the evil chimney of doom because, because of the, because of, because anklet. of the anklet, which I, all the way through I was thinking that anklet is going to be important because we keep seeing that anklet for a lot of yeah, screen yeah. time, and I don't understand why. Oh yes, there's a lot of Chekhov's this and Chekhov's that going on. Yeah, because the other thing is you can't cheat in these things, you know. And, and anyway, and, and also Sheridan Smith in the filthiest, grottiest room in the world suddenly decides to have a bath, but that's that's Chekhov's back pain. The back pain thing's been, oh, been yes, seeded throughout the episode throughout. so that she will feel like having a bath because her back hurts. But can I just say, um, that moment mm. of peril for Sheridan Smith with that bath and going in and seeing mm. all those bodies, that, that for me is one of the most thrilling moments in TV history. I remember... Just, oh, it's very good. I think it was yeah. amazing and horrible and mm. fantastic and the, the, the corpses in different states of decay is awful. <laughs> and when you realise that's what's going to happen as well. Yes! I think that, yeah. Because because you're sat at home going, how oh, the hell did they do that? Sealed room, blah, blah. Oh, my God! Yeah, it's truly good. I mean... That is a, fas- a fantastic moment. Yeah.
and again an excuse to have a little bit of gratuitous nudity as well which is always 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 a creek thing you know? yeah totally i mean when you've got the nudists in uh, mother red cap <laughs> oh God, of course i've forgotten about them they they passed me the, by the, the the nudist cult which of course you know who was the lead uh, who was the lead nudist he was famous oh, wasn't he oh he was wasn't he um thing with you marcus gilbert oh yes anselin anselin yes yes yeah. So uh, and chief, uh, obviously chief, lo- chief lots of gen- gentlemen standing around with with strategically placed teapots. Yeah, it's just such a corny <laughs> and lots, thing. Lots of la- ladies without strategically placed. No, I know because it's okay for boobs to flap about apparently. Uh, basically, because yeah. they're only women. Yeah. Mm. Although obviously Sheridan Smith was very carefully uh, filmed in yeah. in the water. <laughs> carefully so. filmed in the water. <laughs> well, you know. So uh, can I? I want to know, right? In mm. what order you'd... If you had to rank these... We like ranking things because we're Doctor Who fans at the end of the day. How would oh. you rank the order of these stories, the, these five stories we watched? The five stories? Yes. Uh, the five Doctors. <laughs> uh, I shall get my pieces on the board. No. Um. <laughs> okay, Barusa. <laughs> Barusa, he taught me everything I know, mate. No. Um, how do, in, in order, uh, I, I, I do genuinely think that Grinning Man works very well. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I thought, I thought I, pref- I would prefer Satan's Chimney, but there's an awful lot of, uh, I could say I, I found it on rewatch much less enjoyable. Uh, I know you said you watched it with a cafetiere in front of you. And, and, <laughs> and, didn't, and didn't. Every time I make a cup of coffee, <laughs> yeah. you know. But you see, there are, there are flaws in that. I'm still trying. Does that mean that to lift the thing back up, someone had to go back and reattach the chains and things? And all this kind of, you know, there are things <laughs> in it where, where you, when you start to ask questions, you start to think, mm, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, sadly, uh, the the bottom three are all the Madeline, yeah, the Maddie Magellan ones, and I and I don't really know why, because I mean, I do remember, like I say, both of those had very strong, um, very strong storylines. In fact, no, I, I, in fact, I might, I might just sl- slide uh, Mother Red Rednap, <laughs> Red Mother Rednap, in, in, which would be a much more interesting. Story. I think it would have been. <laughs> Ooh, so, dead footballers. Especially if, yeah. especially if the Wees uh, had had added a bit of a song in the middle. <laughs> one of them did have. One of them had a musical interlude, didn't it? I wrote that down. The yeah. Papini sisters in um, yeah. Grinning Man for no good reason. Yeah. That was l- yeah. clearly just time filling, totally, because they serve no. Yes. No, I mean I agree with you. I think Grinning Man top. Um, I had Satan's Chimney second, and then I had the three Carolyn Quentin ones. Um, mm. Just. I just didn't. Like I say, I actually think on, on reflection, in terms of the cleverness, I, I quite actually I think mother <laughs> cap. <laughs> I've got to think about it every time now. It's, uh... it's become all those 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 things. Uh, actually, possibly feels cleverer than Satan's Chimney in the end. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, because I actually think there's there's an awful lot of characters in Satan's Chimney that's, that it's ju- they're just not very nice. No, I know they're rid- and also they're just all faintly ridiculous. Like the lesbian character does oh, no well. does no favor to lesbians. She's like all lesbians are predatory. Apparently, I didn't and, like that. And indeed, and it's also oh, it's horrible. Ooh. Yes, uh, yeah, it, that was that was very uncomfortable. Again, I know it's uh, when, when was that made? Two thousand and one. So yeah. it's twenty twenty years ago, and maybe things you know. I know that that was a reaction that certain people you know. It's like it's like that. Oh, it's the wall, lads. It's the same. Kind yes, of totally. But... 
I am going to need so much therapy. I started trying to think about food. Red meat, raw steaks. And then I found I was thinking about spare ribs. And then those little Yorkshire puddings. Yeah. Well, then again, you you kind of you can almost forgive it, but just because it's twenty years old. But I don't. And that's you know, stupid. That, that doesn't give it a free pass, really, and that, to be honest. And also, they objectified the guy as well um, with the scene with the getting putting cream on him in his underpants, and I'm like, uh, it was just too much. Well, again, interesting. She, she had to wear a sexy nurse costume to do. She it. puts the sexy uh, nurse outfit on, but also, I know that's possibly because that was what was hanging on a rail. You can uh, justify everything, but it, but then she actually goes and takes the picture through the window. I know. Well, well, again, that's that's sort of playing on single detective as well. When you think about it, yeah. if you want to start joining dots again, I don't. But um, <laughs> but also that be, that becomes, but that becomes a plot point later. So it does have, you know, it's it's there uh, so know. she can persuade the chap. But then again, all these people are in on it anyway. Yeah, so it doesn't got, matter. You've got, yeah, you've got Stephen Bloody Burkov in this for God's sake. I know, you know having it up. It's, yeah, you know, but I mean, the cast is astonishing. You know, when you think about it. Yeah. And and yet somehow the sum of the whole is not the same as the sum of the parts. I mean, you just have you moments like where the rat went up the cat guy's trouser leg, and then mm. the dwarf character had to um, yes. had to take it out, take of, his it out of his flies, and it's like, yes. oh come on, you're better than this. Oh, maybe you're not better than this, Jonathan Green. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like. Oh. Yeah, again, yeah. I mean, it's it's difficult because, like I say, it's, it, it is it is extraordinarily popular, and and you probably get people saying, "Oh, what are you complaining about?" You know, it's, it's just the way, you know, whatever. But it, but you'd like to think that 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 we've sort of, you know, we we can we can do better. <laughs> Not we. I mean, I no. Oh, I think I could have written it better. I think I could have plotted it more tightly. I mean, the the Mm. plots themselves are ingenious. The contraption elements, they're good. Mm. And like the stuff in The Grinning Man about the newspaper editor and knowing what story would run on a particular day and all that sort of stuff, that was really clever. Yes. I liked all that. but And I I like the ingenuity of that. And I think I like the fact about Jonathan Creek that it's about how they did it, not why. Yes. It's it's a how done it. Isn't yes, it, exactly, and I think that's why done it or who done it, yes. and that's why it earns its place in the pantheon as something that's an interesting show. But I do mm. think it's overrated, and I can't I can't for the life of me understand why in 1988 it not only won the audience award for the best TV series, but it won the BAFTA for best right. drama series. Okay. Really, 98? Did I say 88? Uh, 98. Okay, that is interesting. Yeah. It's bizarre. Because I'm thinking that must have been a fallow year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's been argued for a very long time that the that, that is on decline and the only work you can get is on the EastEnders, love. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But joke, jokes and whimsy are popular, you see. That's the thing. Jokes and whimsy are popular. A series it put in, it, it me in mind of with its sort of humour aesthetic was the um, the reboot of Randall and Hopkirk with Reeves and Mortimer. Which was sort of turn of the century, wasn't it? That was 2000, 2001. And I watched yeah. some of that again recently with John and Marisa. And John said, can we not watch this anymore? It's awful. <laughs> it like, oh, well, I hope, I hope you put him onto the ITC version. <clears throat> I haven't got it. There's an admission. Oh, that bloody hell. <laughs> I know. A thing you haven't got on those shelves. I know. Tell me about it. 
Is it good? I, I I grew up really liking ah. uh, Randall and Hopkirk. Uh, I watched it when I was a, you know it was one of those programs I was allowed to watch because I liked it so much. It must have been repeats because I, I don't think when I was five you know but, but uh, <laughs> I, re I really took to it uh, and and so the remake kind of I mean I have it on the shelf here and I've watched it once and I and you know it has things going for it. I don't think we'll be doing it for letter R, let's put it that way. Yeah. Unless we really, really decide that uh, looking at an original and a remake is a an interesting way to go. Mm. It might actually be. But uh, I mean Tom Baker's lovely in it, you know. Yeah. But but generally speaking, it's a bit broad and a bit a bit it's it's the comedy again, isn't it? You know, yeah, and, totally. you know, and, and I know I know lots of people like Reeves and Mortar and, and and you know the sun shines out of and what have you, but um, it it's it's a struggle. Randall and Hopkins. I know I know we're we're not talking about Randall Hopkins today, but it but it's a struggle. And that kind of light light murder mysteries yes. are always difficult. And it's interesting to me that the murder she wrote actually handles it a lot better. Right. The comedy murder mystery or the, the light hearted murder mystery. Overall, it, it finds its beats right. I mean there's a there's a lot wrong with, with uh, Murder She Wrote, there's a lot right with it. Yeah. And it's very popular and lasted a very long time. Yeah. But actually the uh, the aspect of it where it what it takes seriously and what it what it kind of dismisses, you know, the actual it's played very straight, oddly. Mm. And and works very well. You know. And somehow I feel that the the comedy of the comedy drama is a problem, because you you've got all the jokes and the banter and all that sort of matey matey business, and then you've got quite ghastly and graphic, violent and sex scenes, you know. Yeah, and it and jars. People get people, get, people yeah. get beaten up. I mean, yeah. doesn't Jonathan get beaten up by somebody's boyfriend in 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 one of the ones we watched? I have I'm sure I've seen that. In uh, in in one of you know I, I know it's in one of the episodes but I can't remember which one mm. so I suspect it's in one of the opening ones you know but it, it's just a very tricky thing to get right and and like I say I mean one of my one of my strange arguments uh, is always that people say popular means good and I always think well, popular doesn't mean good popular means lots of people watched it yeah <laughs> yes. and sometimes quality and popularity don't necessarily go hands in hand I'd lots agree. of people watch strictly come dancing and i i wouldn't i wouldn't cross the road to see that you know. <laughs> so you know yeah it's it's, it's i mean yeah i think it comes from, i think it comes from a time jonathan creek at which i was deeply dissatisfied with the direction in which tv drama and tv itself was going like by 1990 when was this 97 it started by this mm. point it was clear that they weren't really interested in making the sort of dramas I was interested in seeing and it was all soaps and it was also all reality TV really kicking off and by the time you get to 2001 which is Satan's Chimney that was the reality TV height like Big Brother had mm. happened and all the other shows had started off and it was it was kind of like this sits in a period of TV history which I think is not a good one looking back and a lot of the mm. series from that time are not fondly remembered but mm. um, I think there's a sort of because this lasted for so long, everyone remembers Jonathan Creek. But I don't know whether they actually would think it was as good as they thought it was at the time if they went back to it. It's interesting that they put it on uh, as one of these things to watch in lockdown 
you know, it's one of those yeah. much remembered series. I mean, to be fair, by the time they're doing the New Year specials, you know, this this show is twelve years old and has become an institution. It's you know, even yeah. even uh, Satan's Chimney when they're you know they're it's only a four year old series, it becomes a phenomenon in yeah. and of itself. Yeah, you know, so and and like I say, the locked room drama is really not something that actually gets seen much on television, probably because it gets. It's difficult to set up, but also you have to, I mean, to, to give uh, the writer credit, you have to actually not cheat as best you can. So everything has to be established, which is possibly one of the reasons why it feels so slow. They have to make a point of things being seen by the audience so that they can't say afterwards, oh, well, you, you know, you can't, you can't, you cheated. Yeah. You know, so all the things in the first half of the episode do sort of lock into place when it when the solution comes. Yeah. And you and you and it's so and you have to have a lot of other things going on to hide the fact that, you know, there's a there's a I can't remember. You know, The Mentalist. Yeah. The uh, American yep. series, which actually, funnily enough, shares a lot of the same kind of ideas on this. There's a there's an interesting thing is if you start to watch The Mentalist a lot. There's always a completely pointless scene with somebody about a, about a third of the way through it of somebody you're not really bothered about or care about. Yeah. Who turns out to be the murderer. Right. <laughs> because there's why else would that conversation be there other to establish the actual character? Yeah. I, well, I was and... I was annoyed with myself in the Grinning Man that I didn't spot that scene, which was the scene mm. in which the woman came with the honey. Because yes. it was so weird out of nowhere. Why is she coming with honey with these two other women, and why does it matter? And it was because you hit you hid it amongst the other two women and, and yeah. all the other stuff that was going on, and it was played so it was quite at a distance and everything yeah. like that. And yeah, and uh, again, the, the what happened to her is quite brutal. Oh God, that was too much. You know, oh, and I don't know how she, she survived it. Bloody hell! <laughs> there's been a certain philosophy across the years now of anti-intellectualizing. Uh, television yeah, yeah and the thing about jonathan creek is he's clever but because he's socially inadequate you don't notice he's clever yeah. he doesn't pipe up and tell everyone hey i'm the cleverest person in the room until somebody actually points it out yes or asks him but so there's a very uh, interesting bit in the middle of uh, the grinning man where his knowledge of latin comes in useful mm. and and everybody basically sort of says, oh, well, who, who needs to learn Latin? You know, rubbish. I was, didn't do that at school. You know? And it's this philosophy of anti-intellectualization yeah, yeah. that sort of creeps into things. Uh, and yet, obviously, the program is about the cleverest man in the room. Yeah. And yet, it's always now... It, it became a kind of a thing you dismiss. Nobody likes the person who's got the hand up in, in class anymore. No one likes the cleverest person. Yeah. No one likes the person who does the homework. We don't need experts and, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> And 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 so on and so on, you know, which is why actually that's that sense you were getting of of reality TV and Saturday Night Entertainment overtook uh, drama as as the source of inspiration for yeah. people because they want to see people people want to see people like them on the telly. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. There was a news story only this morning which was basically saying that that uh, BBC Four is under threat. Yeah. And BBC Four is now pretty much the only BBC channel I watch. Yeah. But, but the point that they're saying is they want to get, they need a more a younger audience, yeah. a youthful audience. So basically, the the basically say, saying is everybody over thirty, we don't give a stuff. 
about entertaining you anymore because we need the kids. But isn't that and BBC the, and, Three though? Isn't that what BBC Three was for? And they got rid of that as well. But they're now talking about bringing that back yeah. because it's been popular. There's some series that's actually done very well and it's had its biggest ratings for a while and actually using the bandwidth that's used currently for BBC4, for BBC3 and actually oh, swapping them around oh, so BBC4 yeah, yeah. would become an online thing. Now, that's all well and good and that, from a commercial point of view, that makes sense. But it is it sort of becomes, in the end, self-fulfilling. If you start to... It's like, say, could you make Claudius now? Would mm. you show it? You know, unless you could introduce helicopters and explosions. I know I keep going on about, <laughs> <laughs> but actually, that kind of pace, that kind of action-oriented, and people standing, looking directly at the camera and saying something snotty or something sarcastic, which is a very, it, it works in terms of um, the, the, the things like Instagram and you know all that kind of thing. It, it's the very oh everything's funny now. You know it, mm. it worked in the James Bond films for for however many years, but you can't make all your drama just snappy one-liners. Yeah, you know. And so the fascinating thing to me is that things like uh, theatre is suddenly becoming a thing people want to watch on television. Yes, now it that's could well be that the the reason is maybe because that you know it's all. These old farts like me were watching television at the moment because all the young people are off looking at doing whatever young people do. But nobody's doing anything at the moment. But actually, it's the interesting thing about it is that it's kind of not. It's not actually looking like the stuff that people are actually being drawn to is necessarily what television producers think the kids want to see. Yeah, and this and that is yeah. a fascinating problem. Yeah, and this leads me into all the stuff that I teach about and go on the road teaching about when i consult and train mm -hmm. it's all about how we should not be giving people what they say they want but it's the stuff that they don't know they want until they actually see it and that's all my business is about that it's about if, realizing that focus groups are a nonsense and should not be should not be followed if you're not exposed to a thing how can you know it's there exactly yeah, yeah. you know if you've never if you've never heard of i mean i, I remember once i um i was in a, a meeting at work just you know mm. uh, i mean my 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 work was very blue collar don't get me wrong the place i worked in was a factory but but and i happened to just make a, a vague random reference to dostoevsky <laughs> as you do <laughs> and it was like dear you are, dear, dear old theodore dust you are oh. and i just thought yeah i'm really in the wrong job <laughs> yes you know, oh, but but that's the thing. But then again, feeling that I could mention Dostoevsky in a meeting was probably my mistake. <laughs> totally. But but we but, don't want your sort. We don't want your sort, Martin. It's well, but it's just very interesting that it's the fact that people had never heard of it. You know. Yeah. I mean, I've 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 been in offices with people who are a lot younger than me, and you mention Cary Grant, and they go, "Who?" Oh, no. And you think, "How can you not know who Cary Grant is?" But of course. That nowadays those films I mean if you go on Netflix films from that era are not on actually this leads you know? neatly back into Jonathan Creek I was yes. astonished at how I felt even for the time that some of David Rennick's um, references were a bit old hat and a bit old fashioned and mm. one point he mentioned Barbara Stanick and I'm thinking mm. I doubt that many people watching in 2001 knew who Barbara Stanick was anymore there's a friend of mine who was a school teacher who she, you said to me, well, I think she, when, she, when she sort of hit 30 or 35 or whatever, it was, mm. it was a long time ago. But the fact that her pop culture references were just completely sailing over the kids in the class. Yeah. And you and she, that's when you realise you're getting old, is that when you make a reference to the Avengers or something, they go, am I that? 
Yeah. And obviously this was before Avengers was men in spangly suits, but you know, yeah. <laughs> was was a, was a man in a bowler hat, you know, yeah. was, you know, and and they just didn't hadn't heard of it, didn't know what the hell you were talking about, and yeah. and so it's kind of, uh, I mean, this is part of the problem of of doing a podcast about old television is that there's a lot of it is like people have never heard of it, you know. I mean, Jonathan Creek will probably be just about in living memory for most people now. I mean, it's only been off was it four years now? Yeah. You know, uh, so it's it's kind of in 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 the zeitgeist in the same way that Doctor Who is in the zeitgeist, not to the same extent, but people know the brand. Yes, which is possibly one of the reasons they go back to it and every so often rejig it. I think it, we should, we should talk about that final series of three, and then there was a final special. Um, mm. I could not believe what they did to the show. I was really astonished because it was a very deliberate change of direction, so that instead of how did they do it being um, a teasing thing every episode they showed you how they did it at the start and then you watched Jonathan Creek work it out it was totally screwing with the premise of the show in a way that was unfathomably weird I don't know whether you remember but we just I remember now because I haven't watched them since but because my wife Mm. and I were just furious at this new version of Jonathan Creek in which they'd messed they've completely missed the whole point of why people watch the show and you just, I think maybe it was this anti-intellectualization though, and it was just like, oh, we're going to show people how it's done now because people don't like not knowing, or or they or they don't uh, they don't sit with it long enough to work it out. Yes, uh, it was. Or, so, or yes, it, like people. It's a part of patience thing. Yes, and I think that's what it was, and it, it was the last set of them. But it was clearly a misfire, and clearly I could feel there was tension behind the scenes, and that it didn't. They knew it wasn't working, and they w- didn't believe in it. <laughs> There was only three episodes mm. before they had yeah. a special as well. I mean, it was a very odd misfire, I thought. So I'd be intrigued. It, it's 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 kind of it's kind of I mean that if you like is is the template for Columbo, isn't it? Really, you know that right. you see how you see them yeah. you see the murder done, mm. and then it's it's Columbo working it out. So that it's kind of, the format makes sense, you know. Yeah. Um, in that sense, but the problem is it doesn't make sense in terms of the uh, previous series. We we've uh, got a terrible knack of um, not getting more episodes of a thing uh, when they mess with it. Right. So uh, we've 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 got the complete Jonathan Creek up to series five, uh-huh. but we wouldn't go out of our way to get any more of it. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's a similar thing with the last two series of Lewis when they split them into hour long episodes, right? <clears throat> and so actually the first five years of Lewis is actually you know you see it as quality drama whatever, and it starts to f- they do start series t- seem to start to unravel right yeah, towards yeah. the end of their their lives, and again it could well be that uh, that's different production teams. I mean one of the things I have been watching in the wee small hours is a lot of Hill Street Blues. Yeah. Hill Street Blues, uh, after Stephen Bochco was removed from the series, uh, becomes a very different show. And whilst I, I, was, in, I was interested because I'd not seen it since it was first on to see the, the Series 7, mm. Series 7 is nothing like series one, two, and three, you know, it right. really is a completely different series. And new production people come in; they introduce their own characters in whom they are more interested. So you've got long-standing characters that kind of get sidelined for large chunks of the plot, mm. 
large chunks of the series mm-hmm. and it's and it's kind of interesting in any long running show how people disappear i mean this started off as a cinema verity didn't it it was verity lambert yes and um let, let, uh, lest we forget that she was also responsible for that that pile of heinous crap that was gbh <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think I think I think we'd we'd lost Verity before they they did this the last revamp. Of, yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know, she was one and, of the executive um, producers. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of it's kind of tricky um, to to say even it's the same show anymore. You know, it, taking a show that has mystery at its core and then taking away the mystery seems a bit boggled. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a, a mixed review from the panel. <laughs> uh, oh, we're going to get crucified again, aren't we? No, we're not going to. We've not been crucified <laughs> yet, mainly because no. the GBH episode has still not been out as we record. It sits there. It sits there waiting, waiting. Waiting for the letters from the Bleasdale Appreciation Society. I don't care. They can, they can write all they want. They're, they're idiots. <laughs> I have an opinion, they're damn idi- it. They're idiots if they think it's good. Um, so... <laughs> Actually, that, that's, that's, where, that's where the problem lies. You <laughs> have an opinion. <laughs> yeah, so my opinion of Jonathan Creek, in summary, is I think it's enjoyable. It's a bit too light in places. I think mm. the sexism doesn't play well today at all. Um, no. And I would love to cut those bits out like they never happened. I love the the how done it aspect of it when it's a contraption, even though it's a bit repetitive, as you've pointed out. It's more repetitive now. I realise now you've pointed that out to me. Um, but um, I kind of enjoy the feel of it. But it's just, yeah, I don't think it's sophisticated enough to warrant huge plaudits. In and of itself, it's it's a good little show. But it's not a great little show. It's perfectly, you know, and it's one of those things that actually maybe, you know, 10, 15 years on, it might people might like it more because in the same way that, you know, I'll, I'll discover a show that was made in 1972 mm. and and actually just quite enjoy it in and of itself. You know, things I, things I, made I, in 1972 are good. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, uh, you know. I mean, like I say, Kipperty is notwithstanding. No, you know, I'm just saying, it, 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 it me, it me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm trying to let that one pass, you youngster. Oh yeah, I'm so young. A child. <laughs> That's the only reason I podcast with you, Martin. You make me feel young. <laughs> you young people today. I know. But anyway. Okay, anyway. it's it's been fun to go back to Mr. Creek. Um, Indeed. Although we kind of always knew we were kind of slumming it a bit with Jonathan Creek after I Claudius, didn't we? Oh. <laughs> well, again, I mean, you know, TV TV drama is is a, is a broad church. Yes, let's not do broad church because I hated it. Uh, wow. Okay. Gosh. Um, no, that's not strictly true. But mm. um, uh, it was overblown, in my opinion. Anyway. Yeah. But again, ooh, that's controversial. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. No, I, I just remember seeing the the box set in the shops, and it said, "This is as good as TV drama gets." Yeah. I thought, "Oh dear, that's a shame." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right. So we have done J. We have done J. So it's K next. Look how good I am mm. with the alphabet. Wow. Well, yeah, you know. I have to say K feels like slim pickings compared to some of the other letters. 
<laughs> several of them do let's be honest several of them do but um yes there, there are there are things that, that it, it does allow us into a particular uh a world that probably should at least be addressed indeed yeah and fantastic um, and so we'll go there yes okay well thanks for your time thanks for giving me some escape from from the current world which yes. here on what's the well? I think we all need a bit of that. What's the day so. today? Is it the fifteenth of May today Fifth. for us? It is indeed. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And by the wonders, of two days before the twenty-third anniversary of Jack in a Box. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's the celebration everyone. That's what people that's the be talking about on, on, on Sunday. So as people listen to us, by the magic of technology, I can say it's the 11th of July today when people are listening. Happy 11th of July day. <laughs> okay, then. Enjoy the Welcome July on. sunshine, everyone. And it was good to come come at you from the dark depths of 15th of May. Come, come the 11th of July, they may all be outdoors yeah. again and, and might be on buses and listening to podcasts. Yeah, just, and... just don't sit in any dodgy baths. Don't have any dodgy <laughs> baths. <laughs> okay, then. See you, Martin. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to an A to Z of UK TV drama with Andy and Martin. Next time, Dennis Potter's Karaoke.